So now we're out there like little tiny Tim uh, passing out these flyers and there's Eddie Murphy. And he's like, can I have one? And I was like, no. <laughs> he was like, why? <laughs> I was like, why not? He was like, why not? And I was like, because, um, you know, I was like so embarrassed. I don't know what was wrong with me. Welcome back to Gamble's Green Room. I'm your host, Mike Gamble, bringing the people you need to know with the stories you want to hear. Today, I'm joined by a woman who actually put me on the map for burlesque and heels. The reason why I'm in this side of the business. Uh, she has worked with Chris Rock. She had her own burlesque company, Hot Thing. She performed with the Toledo Show and then created her own uh, burlesque show, Bongo Fury. Then we went into Diablo's Darlings. Uh, she was on Style Network's How Do I Look as a beauty consultant. She now runs uh, The Swan Within, which is a nonprofit organization helping uh, young adolescent teen girls who are in juvenile that have also been sex trafficked and abused, find their agency over their body and their repurpose in life through ballet. We're going to get into all this and more. I'm talking about my home girl. Miss Mary Meredith Harper Houston in the house. What's up, baby girl? In the <laughs> 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 oh my god! Well, I'm great, Mike. I'm you know I don't love as many people as much as I love you. So this I'm really oh. excited, and yeah. I am great. You know, we our our story is really funny because we met 2000. Three or was it 2004? Three. I think it was 2003. Three. In a Sprint store, because we were both about to cuss some people out about our cell phone service. We were in there for like an hour. So I had just moved to LA. I guess you had been in LA for a couple months before that as well. Two months. Yeah. So we're so we're in we're in this <laughs> we're in Sprint store. And I'm fuming because they keep messing up my phone, like nothing's working. I know what happened to your phone. And then we just look, we're like, how you doing? <laughs> and then we yeah. talk and like we hit it off we were like all right you seem cool you seem cool and it ended up that i was a dancer and she was a choreographer starting her first burlesque company and she's like i'm actually looking for a rehearsal director i was like oh you know cool let's link up and we you gave me your card but i lost it <laughs> and then so we didn't talk and then one of my friends pendu was like yeah oh, you know what? You should come with me to rehearsal one day. I'm dancing for this uh, burlesque company now. I was like, wait, what? And then I'm like, is her name Mary? And she's like, yes, I'm like, I actually don't. We met in a sprint store and she wanted me as a rehearsal director like a year ago, but yo, give her my number. And then I came and here we are 14 years later. Here we are 14 years later and a continent between us and yeah. <laughs> rivers and oceans and but right, like with each other, like it's all the time. I really feel like I'm with my brother. Like, yeah, yay. that's how it's always been. Um, how's, speaking of, how's mom doing? Mom's back in Philly. She moved she, back to Philly. She Christ. bought um, her childhood home, and she moved back to 17th and Chadwick. I should address oh. <laughs> nice. who cares uh yeah she moved back to south philly with my sister and they're um you know she's she's back to she's a philly girl like yeah. philly's philly like you're a philly person it, it doesn't it, it somehow you will always find your way home yeah everybody i know that's from philly it's like 
they go off into the world and then somehow, the, you know, they go back home. It pulls you back. But then so let's so let's talk about that, actually, because you're actually from Cape May, Jersey, right? I'm from Cape May. You're the Jersey girl. I was born in Philly. I mean, I, I was born at the University of Pennsylvania and we were, we used to live in Mount Airy. And then my mother remarried uh, when I was really young and we moved to Cape May. But all of our family is in Philly. We're, we're Philly. And yes. then I went to boarding school in Bucks County, um, a Quaker boarding school, George School. Whoa. So I was right back in Philly. Whoa, whoa, hold uh, on. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I never knew this. You went to a Quaker boarding school? Yeah. Did because I used to dance at Philadelphia on the river. Yeah, but I didn't when know about the boarding school. Oh yeah, I went to I went to a, a really great Quaker, you know, academic rig- rigorous academic high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how did you get from Cape May back over to Quaker Town? Racism. <laughs> Racism. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to laugh about it, but it's it's like it's great. That's what it is. It's just what it is. I mean, we lived in um, just a little bit of knowledge, but my mom's or our family. We come from a family of Philadelphia abolitionist of mm-hmm. historic James Fortin, the Fortin family. He was a free sailmaker, a wealthy sailmaker, and he was helped fund William Garrison's The Liberator. Oh, so cool. our yeah, yes, yeah. so our family is really Philadelphia, and my mother married for love, and we ended up in Cape May. But Cape May is like ten thousand people, and there's two black people, and it was like me, it, you know. It, it was like <laughs> there aren't very, and it's really a fisherman town and the tourist mm-hmm. town. Cape May is really like, you know, um, it was America's first beach resort, but it's just very, it, it's very narrow minded small town very republican mm. so my mother did not know how to navigate us in this you know one high one elementary school one middle school one high school so you know we just got so much racism and so, so you know just and my mother was like I, I don't want you to go to school here so a couple of siblings stayed and went to school in locally and my oldest sister holly and i both went to George school. She went there before I did. Mm. And she went there like Cosby kids, when, like Bill Cosby's kids were there. And it's Cosby. Um, and we would see Bill Cosby all the time. Oh. Um, it was pretty, pretty, pretty was wild. There. Yeah, it was wild. And it was like such a crazy experience. Like when I went to school, um, Eldridge Cleaver, Black Panther, mm-hmm. his children had just graduated. So he, you know, they would be on the campus. It was like such a, it was like a utopia, like an Obama ut- utopia before we knew Obama. It was like really that kind of atmosphere, very free thinking, very liberal, but very social justice. And that's Quaker. And, and you know, and anybody that knows like, you know, Philadelphia history, this subsidiary mm-hmm. brotherly love. And it is this the founding city of abolition. I mean, there would be no there would be no freed slaves without Philly. And right. so um it had that um, atmosphere of social justice and kindness and love thy neighbor. And, but, um, but you better help everybody else out. So, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you, you, you better help people. You have to help people have to be there. So, yeah. So were you, was, how, uh, That was like a, not a celebrity 
school, but that's a pretty, like you were in there with. No, it's not a, it's not a celebrity school, but you know, when you're in those spaces, it's going to be some celebrities. No, that's so what I, I mean. It was. Yeah, right. Cause it was like, um, there were some like, uh, George Chagall went there. Mm-hmm. James Taylor singer went there. We got thrown out for drugs. Um, yeah. Got stories. Like, yeah, you know who else went there? Blythe Danner. When I think Paltrow's oh, mom so, is a yeah. Stephen Sondheim. Wait, yeah. Sondheim went there? Yeah. Wait, am I right? Let me wait. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. So, <laughs> me, I'm pretty sure now the way you just looked, I was like, let me let me get my side. <laughs> no, that was just I wasn't looking just like the destroy you. I was just like, really? No, uh George Yeah, George Cole, Stephen Sondheim, class of 46. Oh. Class of 46. Yeah. That's Stephen crazy. Crazy. So we had a really great musical uh, theater department, but even mm. crazier is, remember Anna Nicole Smith? Yeah. You know, the mate? remember yeah. that, that ailing old man that she used to, you know, that was her, her husband, Howard yeah. J. Marshall. He was a Quaker and he gave $30 million to our school. So everything is Marshall Center, Marshall, Marshall. Yeah. It's wild. <laughs> So it was like, so you had a lot of like senators, ambassadors, kids global, like from all over the world, Ghanaian, Italian, you know, Japanese, so many kids from, from all over the world. Then you had a few, I would say like Bill Cosby was Mm. the like, he was the celebrity because all five kids, all of his five children went there and he Mm. was there a lot, you know, Um, and he was always on presence on campus with the football team always around in that height of like the Cosby show yeah. too, a different world, you know? Um, so, but you know, for the most part, and then, like I said, it just dignitaries and just like, and then a lot of the the day students, cause there are a lot of local Yardley Doyle's town, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of Jewish students. So and there's a lot of Muslim students. Like we recognized, I didn't know any of this stuff, by the way, like we didn't, I did not know about Ramadan. I did not know about, you know, Yom Kippur, you know, Rosh Hashanah. It was just literally going to that school opened me up to worldliness. That's why I was like, yeah, you know, when you left, I was like, yeah, go. <laughs> <laughs> I might be coming with you one day. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> the world is so vast, but I think being an American gives you this sense of absolute arrogance of like the, we're the center of mm-hmm. the universe and nothing happens here. And you're like, you're just a little teeny tiny new country. First of all, you yeah. know, new, um, very young country with not much history. Um, and the history of America is pretty nasty. It's pretty brutal. And it's very hard being a black American, mm-hmm. even if you have been given afforded privilege and advantages, whatever that means, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you're still in a setback. You're still set back before you start. Like it's. Yeah. 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 So how did you when did you start dancing? Was there a dance program? You said there was a musical program at. Uh, yeah. I started dancing at four or five. Uh, my mom had us in classes at the Pennsylvania Ballet when we were like really little. And, um, but then when she, when we moved to Jersey, there was, uh, we had a, a housekeeper named Miss Burton. And Miss Burton used to make, when my parents were home, she was like our everything housekeeper, nanny, you know, older black woman, like in her 80s. She, we used to, she, <laughs> I think we were there to entertain her because honestly, she really did. She was just an amazing cook. And she, um, she used to make us dance for devil dogs, like dance remember devil dogs and like tasty cakes. <laughs> yes. Like crimpets and like chocolate juniors. <laughs> like do a little dance. 
And um, so um, <laughs> I would dance for her and she would make all of us dance. And then I remember her saying to my mom, hey, that little one, you need to put her in dance classes. I just remember, I just remember that conversation. And I was probably five and we were no longer, you know, doing Pennsylvania Ballet. And my mom yeah. was like, really? Okay. And then she, she um, put me in this dance school, the Joanne Reagan dance studio. And mm. jo- Miss Joanne was really more so what you know, and you could, you know, speak on my style of uh, jazz, but very Fosse trained. Mm-hmm. And you know that. And she was all Fosse, did Fosse. So we had, you know, we had ballet training to get to the jazz. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Just for our technique. But she was in no shape. She was not like into classical ballet. And I always wanted to ballet. I was like, ballet, ballet, ballet. But back in the 80s, you know, it was like, you're the black girl. You're the tapper. And in that style of jazz, (laughs) you're tap. Uh, (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but it's so, it's just like, it's yeah, so true. So you're, you're, I had every solo yeah. doing wings, <laughs> doing the Charleston, like, there she goes, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I want to do Giselle, and it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 but we need you at the front row to do the Nicholas Brothers, you know, tribute. <laughs> the tears right now. So, so I was just really trained as a jazz. So I, I just obviously I really I did it. I loved it. Yeah. I did eat, breathe, drank it. Um, and I stayed in the studio. I was like, I was in the studio Monday through Thursday after school till nine p.m. Company, two ballet classes. How many company classes? Jazz classes, tap classes whatever classes you know singing they were like had us you know to get us into shape for Broadway because it actually yeah. it was a little tiny one room studio in Cape May quite a few of the students went to Broadway nice. and, and Annie you know in the Sunday in the Park with George touring mm-hmm. company that studio was no joke and, the, and I think you know you and I know I, things were just a little tougher in, in back then, yeah. you know. Um, it the, it was not the level of um, coddling or <laughs> passionate dancing that even I practice because I've mm-hmm. opened dance studios and and you know I have this nonprofit, so I have mm-hmm. to. It's therapeutic, trauma informed yeah. ballet. Uh, we move with the times and mental health, but shit, we might have been abused. We might. <laughs> yeah. we we might have been a little traumatized ourselves. <laughs> <back then. laughs> no lies told. There are no lies told. No, right? Like, I remember not... Tough love, the, dance. Yeah, like, we weren't allowed to go to the bathroom. Your leg, oh. If your leg wasn't up, they raised it up? Like... Yeah, and told you about your feet. Yeah. And told you, like, about whatever. So, but yeah, I, I, I love... I had a really great dance story because that's where I found myself. And it's really... Mm-hmm. I had a really... Um, really traumatic childhood. There was a lot going on in my in my child in my home, mm. a lot of abuse, and, and I, you know, and I, and I'm very candid about it. And that's how I started Swamma then. But there was sexual abuse of sibling, a step a step sibling. So I used the st- dance as so many things, you know, as a as a as a metaphorical escape, mm-hmm. a physical escape from my home. And it was the place where I felt safe. It was the f- place where I felt appreciated, adored, seen, and um, 
yeah, it's just like, I'm, I'm, this is where I'm amazing. This is me. And this yeah. is all I, I do. And, I, and, I, and it's really cool to have found something because I've gone off into other things and other talents, but dance is, is really my home and it's my ministry and my church. And then you went to Philodenko. And then I studied at Philodenko. Great story. I was at George School. And I, you know, you know when you get these moments in life where they're just these big teachers? Well, I was like the dancer at George School. I was going into my sophomore year and I was known as captain of the cheerleading squad. And I'm the dancer and she's the dancer and she's the dancer. And every musical, she's the dancer. She's the solo. La, 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 la. And then... For whatever reason, our uh, our 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 faculty um, cheerleading coach, mm-hmm. football and basketball, started a dance troupe, a dance company for George School. Audition process, everything like is is very on the level, buttoned up, fine arts program like, mm-hmm. and was not selected. Ooh. And shade of shade of shade of shade. And I could not believe it. Nobody could believe it. Everybody was like, what's that about? So I went to my my advisor. And at the school, every student has a faculty advisor. It's like kind of like your <clears throat> guidance. Mm-hmm. That person, five or six students that they oversee, their academic you know, performance and all-around well-being. And I happen to have this uh, faculty member, Nate McKee, uh, who who was a, a former alumni, graduated, and he he was uh, the coolest. Cool, like, everybody wanted Nate to be their advisor because he was young and he was black and he was cool and he was like Malcolm X and he was like wearing black medallions and, you know, <laughs> was just, you know, and it was like at that time that he was the cool dude. So I went to him and I was like, I thought I had like black power going on. And I was like, uh, Nate, I didn't get selected for uh, the dance studio. I mean, the dance company, George School Dance Company. You've got to talk to Barbara. And he was like, who's Barbara? And I was like, Barbara. And I won't say her last name, but I said, but Barbara, you got to talk to her. And he was like, about what? And I said, did you not hear me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I and me, I'm married. I'm the dancer. She literally went out like, what? Why would she do that? And I'm crying, literally sobbing those big, you know, snotty <laughs> sobs. <laughs> and he was like, and like I just said, who the fuck is Barbara? Start your own company. Don't. And I was like, and I said, what? What's, what do you mean? Start my own company. He was like, you know what to do. This is George Hall. If you want to start anything, get a faculty advisor, and there you go. And I was like, oh. And then so I was already taking class at Polodenko. So I asked at, 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 at the studio, I asked if there was anybody that could come in to George Hall, take the train to Bucks County, and teach us, and choreograph, and artistic direct us. And I formed it at LK, uh, Creativity in Swahili, I believe, yes, mm-hmm. if my memory me um and then i auditioned all the girls that i thought were amazing and a lot of black girls who didn't make the company and we had our own thing and we thrived we were successful we were actually doing shows in philly with like germantown friends and one of those school one of those shows we did a talent show with jill scott was in the talent show and your girl vivian green was in the talent show 
Yes, child. So it was the best. And then he said, and it's like I graduated and I said, you know, Nate, you literally, that was the best lesson. He said, who the fuck? <laughs> who the fuck? Who but you know, and that's how I've lived my life. I have, if I want it, I do it. If I want to see it, I make it happen. I, you know me, like if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. We're, right. You know, we're going to make our experience, the experience that we want to have happen. We're going to sculpt the energy that we want to feel. That's just like who we are. And that's why you're so my tribe. Like that's who we are. And so, but I really got that lesson from that day. Now, can I give you the wraparound of yeah. now? Yeah, bring it. Mama Jo is still at George School. And now I, yes, yes, she just retired last year. But in 2019, George School reached out to me. Would you speak at our assembly to speak as an activist, activist, dancer, choreographer, phenom that done this, done that? Would you speak to our students? Absolutely. Ring, ring, ring. I get a call. And it's uh, one of my former classmates who's now also works at the school. She's an advancement in giving. And she said, I got the strangest call from so that faculty member, Barbara, um, and wanted to know if she could introduce you at assembly. And I said, hmm. <laughs> Mike, I knew this moment was going to happen. Like I knew that this, I knew then when I was even being successful as a teenager, like one day you're going to regret this. One day you're going to eat crow when I've made it <laughs> good. And I'm going to say this and I'm going to say that. And I'm going to be like, hey, you know, but how do you like me now? But I was like, yeah, give her my number. So she called me and she was like, hi, Mary. Um, you know, she's called Mary, not Mary. Yeah. You know, everybody that knows me, knows me Mary, that loves me. And she was like, um, I can't remember. Were you in the George? Because I'm looking at your footage. And I don't see you there. And I was wondering, I wanted, I want to, and now, you know, she had to, because if I went on to this big dance phenom, why wasn't I? Right. Mm-hmm. So she knew she had to somehow make good before I step on campus. <laughs> and on stage to talk about you becoming this like Hello. artistic. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, God is God. And like, God really worked on me all these years. And, you know, and I teach into our swans in our program, the Swan Within. The first tenant mm-hmm. that they learn is grace. Mm-hmm. What is grace as a dancer, as a ballerina? What is to give? What is God's grace? And what is it to be to deliver grace to others? Well, you know, I wanted to have my moment, my Kanye moment, but I just said, no, I wasn't. But I'd be more, more than honored if you introduced me. That's big. And as a Pisces, and as a Pisces woman, (laughs) (laughs) baby, you, the, the graciousness that you, that you bestowed upon that scenario. Oh man, that you know woman. how I waited years, twenty something, I years for this, and I gave the grace. And but you know that's growth. He introduced me, and then it's growth because I, I had a, this was like I was envisioning these comebacks, all the retaliatory ways, all the Oscar speeches, saying her name. You know, it was the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I put her on blast, but I really. 
I let her, and then she introduced me, and it was beautiful. She cried, she choked up, and she just about me being such an extraordinary person that, you know, passed through the school. Then she asked me to, to guest teach the students, and I taught the students. So it was like, get over yourself and the ego right now. God's yeah. giving you, and and this is a this is a coming home, a homecoming, and this is not about ego and retaliation. This is about what this school taught you, and what this school taught me is. Who the fuck is Barbara? Because <laughs> you know, I'm going to put it out there because I have nothing to do with this situation. And I've my grace is bestowed upon who I so choose to bestow it upon. She was all tearful because she knew she fucked up. And yeah. Mary wasn't in the company, but now she's gone off because she couldn't claim you that, oh, I, co- I cultivated Mary, blah, blah, blah. And... I'm actually surprised you didn't say, no, I wasn't in the company, but I started this company that. Oh, uh, I did. I did. No, I did say it. I said we had Alakay. And and she said, don't you remember? But I didn't go into the whole. I did. I did. I said, remember, I started okay. my own company, and did a, but I didn't go into the thrashing. Okay. That I, you, you know, do you know how many times I had envisioned this in my life? I thought yeah. like I would walk on campus with like an entourage and like a matrix jacket. <laughs> dark shades and like you know plow over her like i had so many formation uh yes exactly (laughs) like with a bullet (laughs) so but you know that's the thing that's the thing we learn and success is so much more than they have you like me now or because you know fellow pisces vanessa williams did say it that success is the best revenge. Yeah. But it's silent revenge too. Yeah. It's it's really like you're the one that has to sit there all these years and watch. And watch you're, me. You're the one. Mm-hmm. And I think being black, or being a dancer, being an outlier, being a rebel, being a disruptor, being any of those, you know, anybody who's been, you know, being LGBTQ, like what, whatever space that we walk in, that we know we've been othered mm-hmm. and we've been uh, part of the, not of the, we've had these, we've all, we all have these moments yeah. and we all have these moments of uh, extreme adversity that are teachable and we can go, this screwed me up for life. And though I'm not a good dancer and I never got selected and it could be our narrative. Mm-hmm. It could be the story. But like, I don't want to to be the because story. Like, I right. didn't make it because Barbara didn't suck me. I didn't make it because I was molested. I didn't mm-hmm. make it because like the because the because the because. I don't want to be on the because train. Right. You don't want to be. You don't want to be. You want to be victim. You don't want to be. You don't want to have I, the victimhood yes. mentality that oh, no. what was me? No, it's no. like you know what? Fuck no. out. Yeah. No. Then they win. Then they won. And yeah. now we're all on the loser bird because train and not be losers because we've been affected and we've suffered abuse, but because we've made the decision to not heal and to not learn how to be who we were meant to be. Yep. You have to find out why am I here? What am I? So, so we, we have to learn that. Like, who are you? Know thyself. And when we know thyself, nothing was going to deter us, but it's such, it's so hard when you've suffered trauma and mm-hmm. you've suffered, so you've suffered a chaotic, disruptive uh, childhood and in these formative years, you know, this is, it's really hard. Um, 
it's really hard. It's really hard to navigate through. And America doesn't make it so great, you know, especially being a minority um, and being, you know, three of those intersecting things that I've named Mm -hmm. or four. And it's, um, but God. Yeah. And, you know, it goes also into something we talked about briefly before uh, we started is then you realize with your maturity that you don't have anything else to prove. You don't have to prove your value, your worth, your skill, your talent, your success to anybody because you know, and again, but growing up in those traumatic environments, those traumatic experiences, whether it's micro microaggressions or a huge traumatic situation, you, you feel that you then have to define your worth to everybody else, not even just you, but everybody everybody else. Everybody else. And then that's why it becomes so loud and so uh, uh, rococious and rambunctious that you just have to look at me, look at me, look at me. But as you grow, you sit back and go, you know what? My success is my story. Look at me now. That's all you have to that's all you have to know about. So, so um, speaking of like, I, 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 I want to get out there. It's like. So, like, when we started doing Diablo's Darlings, and I started mm-hmm. Diablo's Darlings, I was like, what was that? Every It was the Pussycat Dolls. Like, mm-hmm. we took a... Remember, we started with, with our little show at the Bongo Fury, like mm-hmm. you said, at um, Harvell's. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> because also, our show at, at Harvell's was rivaling the Toledo show. Like, Toledo... Had, for for right. us it wasn't for us it wasn't a rivalry but because Toledo, no but because he had been there for so long so if you guys don't know the Toledo show is a burlesque jazz review that's been in Santa Monica for years at this place called Harvell's um it was on for like 30 years maybe or something it's still on is it still on i just found out somebody i danced with a ballet dancer I dance with that West Side Ballet. He dances for Trocadero, you know, the Trocadero. Yeah. Uh, and he was like, do you want to go to this burlesque show with me Sunday night? And I was like, not really. He's like, it's at this club Harvell's. I was like, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> show. He said the Toledo show. I said, this nigga is no <laughs> There's no way that he's still alive doing this shit. <laughs> yes. Okay, yes. so. So, and guys, also, Toledo, if you ever um, watched, um, the straight up, remember? He was in the straight up uh, Paul Abdul video, the guy with the trench coat. Straight up. Yes, yes, yes. But that's who he was. I didn't even know that. I didn't realize so that until like, until we met him. I didn't realize that's yes. who that was. Yeah. We didn't realize. So he had a whole um, uh, thing about us because we yeah. were taking, we were giving. So the Toledo show was a very vampy, dark, speakeasy um, mood. It was a mood. And 40 Deuce kind of basically jacked him. Yeah. Remember? Yeah. Um, his thing. So I understand now, like in hindsight, I understand him being in his feelings. You know, but, it was about- also, but also his show, the Toledo show was around Toledo. So it wasn't about right. the dancers or anything. So that was also the thing. Gangsta that- jazz. Yeah. Called gangster jazz. Yeah. Yeah. But we had a whole thing happening like we had first of all it was just decadent it was cotton club meets bob fossey meets mm-hmm. it, it was dark it was rock jazz sultry it was just uh what, uh, what do we used to say the um it was just decadent opulent yeah. 
Um, the interesting thing for me is that outside of 40 Deuce, the club, we were pretty much the first burlesque show yeah. during the early 2000s in Los Angeles. Now, of course, Dita Von Tees was doing her routines and everything, and there was the Sleeto show, and there was 40 Deuce, yeah, and there was and Crazy Dita's Horse. So Dita is very, like, stage artistic direction. There's really no choreography happening. It's right. not a... It's more of an artistic, you know, experience in different scenes and settings. And it's very, you know, um, it's, it's very coming into this, you know, Dita Von Teese world mm-hmm. of uh, old pinup, you know, retro homage thing. Um, we were like, if you remember our playlist, we were like Led Zeppelin. Kanye the- West. Kanye uh, James West. Brown. And then we had, and it all made sense. But then also we had we had Walter and the Bongo Fury, like the actual band that was, that was doing, hot. yo, yeah, we it was. And then was, you know, like was even crazier. Like when I think about it, remember we had so many celebrities coming out to our show. Yeah, like, and, and I and I say this now because I'm in the middle of writing a book. Mm-hmm. What's what's funny? Like my editor said, like where did that story, why didn't you tell that story? Or where, why didn't you have, you know, like, and I'm like, yeah, and then, you know, so-and-so. And remember when Eddie Murphy, I started dating Eddie Murphy because yep. he was, because was pa- we were passing out flyers. So my, wait, so wait, what party, what party was that? that at? That was a party. I can't I don't even remember, but you guys, um, but so I remember, so I remember, so I remember like, location because there was an upstairs bar balcony. Yes, it was all white. Yes, exactly. The Montrose. I think it was the Montrose on Hollywood because I was telling somebody this story. And they were like, because it was on Hollywood, like Hollywood and Vine. It was like near the Hollywood Walk of Fame. But yeah. this is what happened. We had a street team. Yeah. We hired a street team to pass out our flyers and they didn't show up. Yep. And this is. Yo, we made this a thing before Instagram, before Facebook, before <laughs> any social media. We had a street team passing out flyers and word of mouth. And so you and I, we were so angry that we have to be street team. Because yep. we're like, we're Mike and Mary. Like, we're like, <laughs> we're flyers. like, we're like what? street team. So now we're out there like little tiny Tim uh, passing out these flyers. And there's Eddie Murphy. And he's like, can I have one? And I was like, no. He was like, why? <laughs> I was like, why not? He was like, why not? And I was like, because, um, you know, I was like so embarrassed. I don't know what was wrong with me. I was like, oh, it's just for this my burlesque show. And he was like, well, I want to go. And so it was like so crazy. So my editor was like, we've been working on this book a year and you were never going to say like that you dated Eddie Murphy. And I'm like, it's not about Eddie. It's about me. <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> <laughs> but here's a funny but story. Funny, here's a funny story funny for me about like, that. Yeah, go ahead. That at once we, when we were at the party, technically I couldn't talk to you because Eddie thought we were together. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're like, yo, can you? Okay. You know, I'm chilling, I'm like, yeah, what's up? And you're like, um, I was like, oh, he thinks we're together. It's okay. I'll be over here. Yeah. I met some people yeah, yeah. anyway. But then at the end, he was like, yo, bro, I'll see you at the show. You good? I was like, well, oh, now you see me? <laughs> now you want to talk to me, bro? Thank you. I had to credential you as, you know, my brother. And yeah. like, yeah, I know, I know. But that's the thing. So that's the thing, Mike. When this is your normal, 
you don't realize that this is extraordinary circumstances or like this is just yeah. this is for life. So it doesn't mean to me, I'm just focused on the things that mean something to me. But sometimes we have to really look at our lives. And sometimes when you're in the picture, you can't see the frame. Right. And you've got to look back. And, and you know, like back then, you know, that wasn't a big deal. We were in Hollywood and like, yeah. what? What? Yeah. Um, but it was a big deal. It's Eddie Murphy. But now to like go back to like, wow, who was coming to our show, who we were able to attract, what we were able to manifest. Yeah. Then we started doing like four deals, Laughlin, Reno, Tahoe. We were yeah. like, like what? Out of this little tiny sprint store meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Then do you remember, do you remember, do you remember shooting, excuse me, do you remember shooting the first demo video at the really tiny theater in North Hollywood on Ventura? Uh, we had the white screen and we were trying to do Molly Chambers. Uh, we were trying to record it. Oh, you know, so there was this little, there's this little theater on like Ventura. I, and like, again. I was going to tell you, I want to do Molly Chambers again with you. <laughs> I mean, like really hi-fi now. Like, oh my god, that would be beautiful. But go ahead. No, but it that. was we we were we were there all day, and we had like five hundred dollars to shoot with this promo video with like six different numbers that we were trying to do, and nothing was working. But then we finally got it, and it was just from quote unquote nothing to everything that we did with. We did the Spike TV event uh, from my friend uh, in Hollywood, the Spike TV party. Chris actually came. Chris ended up coming to support us for that. I'm like, wait, why is Chris here? And, and you're like, oh, no, he's with me. It's fine. They're like, wait, what? And then say who's Chris? Chris Rock. Yeah. Oh. Like that's what i'm trying to say yeah. See, the two of us, it's so normal but we're like chris you're like chris is <laughs> chris was there all the time yeah like all the and time. then do you remember the show there was one show we had to cancel uh oh we got into an argument with what was what was the owner's name at harvell steve some like uh seven seven there it is see i know some of that we we got into a fight with him, so we're like, "Fuck it, we're not showing up." And then that night, Harrison Ford and Hank Azaria came, and we weren't there, and we found out afterwards. They're like, oh, God. <laughs> I, "That see, and you know, with all of our badassness, sometimes we slip on banana peels." Yeah, um, but <laughs> they, but they were there to see us because we were friends with the bartender. So when we came back, yeah. they're like, "Yo." You know, you didn't do your show on like Wednesday or whenever it was. You're like, yeah, they're like, uh, two people came in and they didn't stay because you weren't here. And I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. But we went and we did a show at the Ivar and we, we, we pulled, we were, we, I'm telling you, we, Halos and Horns. The, that was Halos and Horns. Halos at and Ivar. I saw a, a, if you ever see James Lipton's, uh, you know, inside the actor's studio with mm -hmm. Cameron, uh, James Cameron on it. And he was talking about like, you did Avatar, you did Terminator, you did Titanic. And like, you didn't have like, you, you didn't come to Hollywood with money and you didn't have like all this money. How'd you do it? He was like, no, to make it in Hollywood, you either have to have fuck you money or a fuck you attitude. Yeah. And we surely had a fuck you attitude. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, time fucking funny. We're not doing it. We're not pulling shows. Okay. 
But, you know, this goes back to what we were just talking about, about not having to prove anything that that fuck you attitude comes from. I know my worth and you can't take it. You can't take my worth from me no matter what you try and do. But what people try and do is that they then try and uh, flip the switch, flip the script on you and be like, oh, you're cocky. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're not taking my ownership of my skill and talent and what I know I can do and making it that I'm projecting that I'm better. No, 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 no. Because you didn't want to work with me to begin with, or you didn't want to give me the opportunity to do this. But now that I'm doing this and I don't want to work with you, now that you're trying to give me a handout, nah, boo, we're good. But everybody's like, oh, you're so conceited. You're so cocky. Nah, I just know who the fuck I am and who I've been. You're just catching up to that. (laughs) And you're catching the back end of it. You were striking before the the SAG strike and the writer's strike. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, we've been, we've been, you know, you do have to know, you know, it, yes, it weight in numbers, but sometimes it's not a, nobody's with me, but I'm still walking. Yeah. You know, nobody, no, you know, nobody, you know, cause we had a couple of dancers. Remember Karen did stay like Karen yeah. did continue to perform there and she and I remained friends. And mm-hmm. I said, it's not going to come in between us that you stayed. We, we, we need to eat. Yeah. Um, I'm happy about it. I don't like it. But I also know I can't go around controlling people right. and controlling their where they eat and what they do and their own creativity. But I, well, they're not going to see me. And if I'm not there, the party's not there. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so then I have a question for you. How in the hell did you get hooked up with uh, Panic at the Disco? Because it was the, so we did the video better off if you do. And it was yeah. it was you, Karen, uh, yeah. uh you, Karen. It, uh, what's your name? I really don't remember to tell you the, to tell you the truth, but I still stay in touch with uh, the the um, production team. Yeah, <laughs> Brandon Bafoglio. Yeah. yeah, like he's yeah, like I I don't really remember. How did that happen? I don't know. You called me. I was teaching. You're like, yo, I need you in Ventura for a video shoot. I know. I remember. Do you remember? The, now I know. Remember the makeup artist, Octavio? No. Mexican makeup artist. I did a show. It was the craziest show. Do you remember what Bokeem Woodbine needed me to dance with him? But he had a rock show yeah. happening. So... Bokeem Woodbine's makeup artist was this guy, Octavio. And I can't remember Octavio's last name. Mexican, t- cool, cool, cool dude uh, was was his makeup artist and all of his dancers' makeup artists. Um, and he saw, you know, I danced on stage with, but we, I just mm. totally freestyled. Like it was, I never met Bokeem Woodbine before. It was like, will you do this thing in... Um, it was like him and Wood Harris. Yeah. And it was like, would you do this thing in Hollywood? He had a big rock sound. And, you know, we heard you did, because our show, remember, it was like Clean to the Stone Age yeah. and like Led Zeppelin. I was like, and so Octavio had seen us before. And so, and then we did, I did the show with them. And that's how I got the Bokeem Woodbine thing. Like Octavio, the makeup artist, mm-hmm. saw me before, then called me to do this thing. And then when he was, he was booked on the Panic at the Disco job already because he's done a lot of work with them mm-hmm. and done a lot, a lot of work with that um production team and um and so they just reached out and said hey this they they were the the producer reached out and said uh that we referred to you by this makeup artist who said that you guys are like this hot burlesque 
you know, scene and you've got the feathers and you do this whole thing that we're like looking for. And could you do it? I, we didn't even audition. It wasn't even a thing. No. It was like, it was a literally like, just will you do it? And remember, we just did it. We yeah. just seen, we just, just threw it already, <laughs> already, we used already existing. We used the um, choreography from um, the Green Day number. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. What song is that? I know, I know all the choreo. I know. Pitching a ride. Pitching a ride. ride. Yeah. Yeah, with the red costumes. It was like very Chicago. Um, remember? And yeah, oh, was, yeah, of course I remember it. Yeah. It was a very much so the scene razzle dazzle. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the that ornate red. It was all red. But anyway, yeah, we just took that that choreography. We took the feathers and we didn't really do much. We just showed up. Yeah. And rocked it out and all over the video. All over the video. And to the if you look how many views that video had, it's insane. Yeah. It's one of their most popular videos. And so yeah, yeah. So that that was like our first big thing. Yeah. And then speaking of choreo, do you remember we came up? Uh we were you and I were at Hollywood Dance Studios on Highland, and we came up with Ball in the Biscuit, the chair dance. Child, let me tell you, I have seen a zillion chair dances since that chair dance ain't nothing hotter. The, I, the move, do you remember the move that was it wasn't I, I'm gonna give you credit for this move because the slide over the back of the chair? Oh <laughs> that was me. And I taught that, yo, I taught that here in Sweden a couple of years ago. And the class was like, What is what how did you because we started off with doing straight up nothing it was you drag the chair forward you sit i love that move i love that move i did with a split and then drag the chair and that body roll dragging the chair but i remember that day we were at electric electric lodge in venice when we came up with right i thought we were at hollywood no no we were we no we were at uh we were at hollywood dance studios Oh, we taught it at Electric Lodge. Yep, we taught it That's at Electric it. Lodge. Yep. We taught it at Electric Lodge. And I just remember just like these moments were magic, where like something happened. Like that was a that was probably that has to be our best number that we yeah. ever did. And so to dope. this day, nothing. And I'm seeing a million Ciara, La La La, Beyonce, <laughs> Air Dance, and you're like, yo. That crawl over the side, over the back of the chair, and literally death defying. Now we gotta, we gotta, we gotta speed up to Rar Kelly. You want to tell that story? <laughs> uh, so we have been <clears throat> places. So we, Mary calls me once again. Is like, yo, we need to talk right now. Like anytime I get a phone call from Mary like that, I'm like. Who called you? What 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 do we have to do now? <laughs> it's literally it's like, yo, are are you available to go to Chicago? I'm like, I'm actually going to Chicago that weekend, but I'm going for a wedding. So I will I will help I will help do this, but when I'm at the wedding, don't call me because I'm there for a wedding. Yeah. So Mary gets a call. Again, I don't know how it happened, but some producer yeah. calls. She worked for Atlantic. She worked for uh, she worked for R. Kelly, but from the from the record from the label side, like the A and R side. And yeah. Carly. So he was doing. It was his song with Chris Rock, uh, not Chris Rock, <laughs> Kid Rock, Kid Rock. And, and Ludacris. Like loser bird, like look where Kid Rock is, and look where R. Kelly is. Uh, Ludacris probably wants to just completely wipe his name off of that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So we do. So we get we gather a team of girls and like we. So number one, we we assemble like a team, a roster. They're like, no, no, no. Okay, maybe that one. No, and we're like, what the dude? How? So we went we went through like twelve girls and it ended up being four or five. So then we fly over. We do this whole uh, missing one part of the story. What's that? Every resume that we sent over and headshot, they is she over eighteen. Is she over 18? Yeah. Remember that? We didn't understand trying to get younger than 18, but it was very stressful, the 18. Because then I'm because this is the part (laughs) I was going to get to the second part of that story. So we're so no, 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 because you're going to remember this. So uh, we have two routines that we perfect for different parts of it because, you know, it's a music video. So that way. So then we're like, okay, bet. I'm flying over for the wedding. I'll see you at the hotel. We meet at the hotel. We have a little rehearsal. We go out dancing. We we have some salsa, blah, blah, blah. So then I'm heading to the wedding and you like, yo, uh, R wants to meet us now. I'm like, wait, what? It's like two o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, I'm going to be here in 20 minutes. And you're like, what the? So we get there. And do you remember like he's, was I in the room or were you in the room? But I remember I was in the room. And he has a chair and he's like prepping on the chair. And I'm like, no. And no, you were in the room because you're like, Mike, you are not leaving me at all right now. Because it was like, this does not feel right. So he's like, yeah, I want to see what the girls look like. And it was, y'all, if I, y'all know me, I don't tell stories, I tell truth. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is, this feels weird. This feels super weird. Okay, because you're not getting a lap dance, bro. I don't know what you think is about to happen, but that's not what's about to happen. So then we we show the choreography. The girls come in, they do the choreography. I'm like, all right, I'm going back to the wedding right now. I get a call in the middle of the reception. You'll never believe what happened. I'm like, they canceled the shoot. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I could have actually guessed that. Some, something about that scenario... Yeah. And that goes back to the 18-year-old thing that he yeah. wanted to scope out the girls. And none of them were 18. Everybody was, like, in their 20s. Yeah. I mean, nobody was visibly young. No. And what so- was really interesting, there was, remember that moment where he was upset because of me and didn't want me around. Mm-hmm. He said, I look similar to Beyonce. Yeah. And he, in his words, y'all... I don't want that nigga to think I I got any. I want what he got. Talking about Jay Z because that was around that time. Yep, that Jay Z had that falling out. All of this was incoherent to us. Yeah, we did not understand what was happening. What happened? What what happened? The rejection of the girls. Why are you bugging out about Beyonce? Yeah, I don't. I, I listen. I love. Thank you. I mean, yes, we're light skinned black. <laughs> I will take that. Thank you, but. What? And I was like, and then I even said, I don't have to be in it. Yeah. I'm the choreographer. I don't have to be in it. But it was like he was on a rampage. Yeah. It was crazy. Then they tried not to pay. They that, that was good to be next. So okay. <laughs> you take the ball because Mike went all the way off. <laughs> all the way off. Listen. Don't, I just don't fight for listen, don't don't mess with me. I'm a business. Okay, so they're like, yeah, so we're canceled. Sorry, uh, ours gonna cancel all of you, blah blah blah. So we don't need you on set tomorrow. And, and I'm like, 
so you're going to have a check written for us, right? They're like, no. I was like, no. See, what's not going to happen is we didn't choreograph all of this. We didn't fly out to Chicago because you we didn't cancel. You canceled. And they also, remember this, they didn't want any of the girls to go through their agents. Right. So I'm like, so what's going to happen is, yeah, they didn't want any of the girls. And again, we didn't understand why, but we're like, okay, we'll make it work. So I'm like, all right, so this is what's going to happen. You and I, we, I, I drove back from the wedding uh, at like two o'clock in the morning. We sat down and like, so this was the hotel. This was the food. This was the flight. This is the fee for the choreography for the girls, blah, blah, blah. This is a chart. This is how much you owe us in money. We drove up to set the next day because we sent it to an email. Oh my God. Wait, Mike, I didn't even realize that this is not in my book, but this is in my book now. Okay, so I, you know, I have the whole recollection of this because you, because you, okay. as you said, I went off. So you went off. We, so we, so we, we create this Excel chart with uh, of the budget of what they owed us. Literally, we didn't like go above and beyond. We're like, no, you're just going to pay us for the shit that we did. And we sent in. They're like, sorry, we, there's no budget for. Us. So I was like, Mary's like, what? I'm like, boo. We have the shoot location. I have the rental car. We're driving to set tomorrow. And you're like, what? I'm like. Wake up, let's go. So we drive <laughs> to set, which is like an hour and a half outside of Chicago. And I walk up and I'm like, I'm looking, I forgot the producer's name or whoever she was, but I was Aunt like, Carly. what's her name? You were looking for Anne Carly. You were looking yeah. for her. Yes. I'm <laughs> like, so, and does anybody know where she, where's the production? Bubba? They're like, who? I'm like, my name is Mike Gamble. I'm choreographer. I'm the uh, assistant producer, choreographer for uh, the dance company that I was supposed to. I just need to find a production company. Where are they at? So, now speak to Ann, please. <laughs> and they open the door and it's us standing there like, yo, they actually showed up. I'm like, so before I leave set, there is going to be a check in my hand. I don't care for how much it is for, but that would, if it's not the full payment, we're going to get, you're going to give us a payment now. And then you're going to deal with all the agents that you didn't want to have to de- that you didn't want to have to deal with in the first place. You refused to have that on our name. Oh we, yeah. You know, so they're like, we don't have us like coming after us. Oh my yeah, God. How no. But luckily I knew all the agents and I called them ahead of time and told us like, Hey, so you're my friend. Just, you know, this dancer is with me on this project. This is what happened. Just letting you know. They're like, cool. Thanks for letting us know. We've had problems with this production company before. We're on it. The girls got paid more than they were going to have to pay anyway. It was like, yo, you were not going to take anything. No, no, no. You're not getting away with Get your checkbook out. You're you're a producer. You got a checkbook somewhere. I don't care if it's your checkbook or the production company's checkbook. What you're going to do right now, I'm not leaving. We stayed there for about an hour before they were on a bus or something. I remember yeah. they were on like a bus. That and, video you know, was horrible. And what's amazing to me, like all of these years later, Mike, is that it's proven to me that your character is your destiny. Yep. And you were so mad about this. And this was a credit we couldn't use. Mother effort. Can you imagine having an R. Kelly uh, stain yeah, right. on a red? <laughs> What? That was a bullet dodge. I yes, I never yes. worked with R. Kelly. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ever. And I just thought it was so ironic, Mike, 
And all of these years later, and that's what I do. I work with juvenile. I teach ballet. You know, I have a foundation, guys, that's called Swan Within Healing Through Ballet. And we teach ballet to incarcerated foster youth. We started in 2016 at the time where kids were being arrested for juvenile prostitution. And um, from there, you know, you do anything, any of these kind of projects. So these, when you're doing service work, you see like you open up one can of worms to another can of worms, another can of worms. And so we ultimately ended up being in every single juvenile hall and then every camp, which is kitty jail. It's jail after they've been sentenced. But to even realize at that time that kids were actually being arrested for juvenile prostitution. And really they're just, they're rape victims. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. Now in California, laws have changed. They haven't changed, you know, completely, you know, you know, um, the whole nation hasn't changed. Some states still do, but we've done like such huge work. And um, we're seven years in now. Like I founded it in 2016. Um, we've had some really major things happen just yesterday. I can I can proudly say we're partnering with the Music Center, oh. which is this is the home of the L.A. Phil and the L.A. Opera. Mike, so I think you might yeah. be having a home. I think you might be some, doing something here with me. Um, but what we're doing, we're starting for 2024, four different really major projects: um, a dance uh, evening with someone that then like dance project, dancing like with us in the community, like inviting LA to come down and dance with us. And, mm. and then the second thing is we're doing uh, putting a students of ours in their program, their careers program, dance oh. careers, like being in costume, being a director, like all the careers that they can workshop in. And then a talent show that the spotlight series where Misty Copeland was discovered yeah. uh, at the music, the, the music center spotlight series. So we'll be funneling students into that. And then I'll be teaching a masterclass, um, um, you know, teaching a, a whole masterclass on using dance as, you know, artivism, mm-hmm. you know, was to use your art to be an activist um, and to use your voice to heal and save others. And we've done some like really dope stuff. We partnered with UCLA um, and now we're in, they've, they appraised our program and now we're in academic reviews. We're in medical journals and science that, that ballet heals sexual trauma mm-hmm. and we're the first to do it. And now it's mm-hmm. like, that's what I was saying to you, like, it's time to go like somewhere yeah. else. When I, I have a, I have a calling and a feeling like it's time to go in other spaces and places that need me. And I, and where, you know, Europe, where there's children, mm. there's sex trafficking, Yeah. but where we are and what we know how to, what I know how to do is heal. I'm a healer. I'm a dance healer. And I've used dance to heal my life and other people's lives. And, um, but the mission still goes on. So I got a plug that go, please visit swanwithin.org. Um, and donate, look, review. If you're in LA, volunteer, spread the word. Um, and you never know. I would love to do something with you, Mike, like yeah. imagine. So, so what we're doing is just, like I said, it was working on now, um, looking at the kids that have come to our program who are 22 now, who started in the beginning and seeing where they are. And some of them are, have like gone off to build, you know, buy, buy homes, dental hygienists, paralegals, like real careers. Oh. And um, it's not necessarily that we were like, you're going to Dorothy, you know, Chandler. I always yeah. told them that they could and that they could, that there's no space that you can't occupy. Mm-hmm. But it's really more about the discipline that dance gives you. Yeah. And the work ethic. And the, you know, 
Think about something so simple as corrections, right? Mm -hmm. These kids live in corrections. They're being, they're in corrections. They're in the probation department. So that literally under the word corrections, but in our world, corrections means someone sees you. So we thrive in corrections. We crave the corrections. So we've had to change like their thinking about what does it mean to be correct? Does it mean someone's hating on you? Oh. Like it means in dance world. Like let's look at the dance world. Like if I I just took ballet this morning, if I wasn't corrected, I I knew I was stir fried crap, like stir fried, Mm -hmm. like nobody, like you don't see me. We thrive off that because it means in the dance world, when you receive the critique and the correction, it means that there's focus and promise in you, mm-hmm. that there's something within you that I see and I can help and enhance. But when you're working with kids who've always lived on the defensive saying, point your toes, I did, <laughs> you know, drop your shoulders. I am. You're like, wait, first of all, there's no talking. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, we just embody. We just internally yeah. take notes. Yeah. or don't take note, but we don't, <laughs> but that's a that's a dope perspective i've never thought about the context of the word correction in dance versus a quote-unquote reformative situation yeah. where mm-hmm. honestly in the u.s corrections facilities aren't corrective at all they're just oh, holding there's no rehabilitation whatsoever. So the word for them means so. The, so this is even tr- words have so much power. Yeah, and I think sometimes we, you and I, and any dancer or any artist, wow, we really got to look at like how blessed you are, mm-hmm. how blessed you have are to have not only saw some adult came along. And then put you in something. Someone came along and put you in something that's counterculture, right? And you've developed this skill set. But there's so many things of expression and articulation and healing and coping that go in being an artist. So we really take for for granted, just like we take for granted the spaces and the people that we've worked with. But one day, you know, we're working under corrections and and Swamathan instructors know the, the the class could go left at any time. Mm-hmm. You come in with the whole game. We're going to do our breathing, and we're going to do tendus, degages. We're going to work on frappes. And yeah, and anyway, a fight, a chair goes flying, or an officer is disruptive. So we have to think quick. So I bought these um, goddess cards, mm-hmm. and I just happened to have. I wasn't really intentionally going to use them for Swamathan, but I was just like, I, they were in my bag. I'm a, I'm a. I was, I'm a healer, you know, so, yeah. so, uh, Yoruba tradition, mm-hmm. we're Afro Latina and my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm a daughter of Yamaya and I happen to have these cards in my bag. And so I wanted to share them with friends, but I wasn't going to share them with them. So I was like, let's do some goddess cards, guys. We're not dancing today. We're going to learn about goddesses. Cause I was want to, somehow we're going to learn something empowering. Mm-hmm. Horrible happened, went left. I could see the kids felt powerless. It was a, it was a fight between the, the probation staff and them. And I was like, we need to get some help the power back so we pass up the, the these goddess cards and i have each one of them read you know everybody gets three cards and it that's the goddess you are that's what that's what you need today that's what you're embodying or that's what you need to embody and i had them read the cards but mike they didn't know the words and when I, i'm going to read them to you is this has been in, in the last two years i've done this exercise a lot because i've learned a lot 
from this exercise, mm-hmm. but um, they didn't know how, and now I call this missing words of power. These are words that the swans did not know when they were reading the goddess card. So this was November 21st, 2021. Mm-hmm. Gentleness, devotion, quality, mythical, create, protective, feminine, masculine, divine, mind, sacred, sovereign, intuitive, intuition. They didn't know what those were, how first, how to pronounce them, what they meant, how to use them in a sentence. Now, look at that. Wow. <laughs> so we're, ta- we're teaching you the ballerina story or the ballerino, the dancer's story. Yeah. royal. Uh, of course, I'm using words like sovereign. They don't know what that means. It's not even part of your language, your yeah. English. So it really made sense to me that it's not only about teaching. Like, look at that. Like, we learned. How, what does that mean? What is the story we're telling as a dancer? Is this the romantic story? Is this is this allegro? Is this petito? Is this you know adagio? We've learned yeah. these things as children, and we've. If you look at it, you were sovereign the day you said, "Write that mother effing check." that was your sovereign yeah that was you being in that masculine sovereign i am not taking no so how can you be it if you don't understand it at all right you don't even know the word for it so it taught me something and that was just another thing that we incorporated into our swan within toolboxes um missing words of power and, Mm. and and words so that's why you said that man, resonated with me about corrections because words are so powerful and you, what are you doing to correct right but in that way we love the correction because the correction leads to betterment right corrections is uh, is, is actually a uh, is hate in corrections it means i'm authoritative this is law enforcement right. this is oppression this is control so yeah yeah and you know it's very interesting because now that you're saying all of this i've actually uh in scandinavia the Mm -hmm. corrections facilities are actually corrections facilities like they're not they're there's there there are high there are higher security places and less security places but i've been brought in as part of their sports program of their education programs to come teach dance for um the juvenile boys homes from so i have i've had kids from nine to 19 and these classes are like it's 7 30 in the morning eight o'clock you know i don't even want to be there that early teaching dance so i'm like but you know what let's just walk in i love being inspiration and then sometimes the teacher was like so they have to dance after i'm like no let's just sit and talk for a little bit like Number one, you have a 15-year-old boy that you're going to try and make dance who has never danced before in his life. Really, homie? Let's talk. So uh, what we would usually do is we would sit around, and I was like, so ask me. They're like, wait, why do you speak English? Because I'm from the U.S. You flew from the U.S. to teach me? And I'm like, no, I live in Sweden now, but I'm from the U.S. They're like, oh, but why? I was like, oh, I lived in L.A. I've worked with this person, this person. You know these people? I'm like, yeah. Like, can you call them on the phone now? It's like, no, I'm not going to call them. It's oh. nine hours behind. But, and then they're like, <laughs> so can you, can you spin on your head? I'm like, I can do head spins. I can break dance. But if I show you, you're going to have to try and do it. And they're like, okay. But again, it's building that trust of 
I'm your friend. I'm not here to force you to do anything. If you don't want to dance, cool, sit there. Because the ones that do want to dance, like we can have fun and it's nothing against you. But then after they sat and watched how much fun everybody else had, they're like, so are you coming back again tomorrow? I'm like, I'm not talking tomorrow, but I'll be back in two weeks. So like, okay, I might want to try it next, next time you're here. I'm like, cool. If you want to, cool. And if not, same thing, but we can still be friends and we talk. And then like, they would show me like songs that they wrote and stuff like that. And it was just, there was just so much magicness in knowing for them that I'm here to help you. I'm not here to force you to do anything. I'm not here to make you learn anything, but you being in the room, you're going to learn something. Or if they want to step out, I'm like, cool. It's, I, it's okay. It's nothing personal. And they respected me more for that as well because I saw them for who they were. So right now, you know, Swan Within is what I'm doing. I'm working on a show right now that is follows like a reality series that's following my life um, mm-hmm. and following all the work I do retreats uh, for women like uh, four times a year uh, globally. And um, I have a program at the Four Seasons at Westlake uh, and here Westlake Village. And then I have this nonprofit and then I have a company, Balletics, and we teach ballet to pro athletes like NBA, NFL. It's crazy. When did, what, <laughs> when did you start that one? Oh, because you didn't mention that. So I was like, he must not know. I don't know I about thought, it. <laughs> oh, you know me forever starting stuff. But um started that last year, last January. Dope. Yeah, yeah. How? Okay. What like what was like it was it. a weird okay, so before Swam Within, I wanted to do this. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do balletics. I wanted to, because I was always an athlete, ran track and field. My father was a track and field coach too. Um, so I wanted to do something that would combine classical ballet, you know, speed and agility, balance, all that stuff. Um, and then Swam Within, I, I did a one little volunteer ballet class at the jail and then I was done. I was yeah. with those kids and I was like, that's it. So I would, Crazy enough, I was telling one of my friends, Julia, who's from Philly, um, that I want to do uh, get back to ballet. I said, I really think it's time to like do that sports thing again. And she was like, you should. And then literally the next day, I was teaching a workshop at Washington Prep. Uh, girls teaching a, a sugar plum fairy, not cracker. And, and, and West Washington Prep is like one of those three big, it's like Dorsey here in like South Central LA. Dorsey, Crenshaw, and then Washington Prep. Big mm-hmm. mega school. 2,500 kids, high needs, 40 kids percent of their student body is in placement. And what I mean that by placement, they're yeah. part of the child. You know, people don't know. So I went to go teach them a, a, a Nutcracker Sugar Pump Fairy workshop. And at the very end of the a cl- of the workshop, this guy comes running in sweaty. He was like, Meredith Harper, Houston, hum. you know, and I was like, hi. He was like, my name is Coach Millard. And I was like, nice to meet you. He was like, hey, listen. Do you have anything that could teach our athletes ballet? And I was like, "What? Am I being punked?" I just had <laughs> like five seconds, like just yesterday, and I said, "Actually, I do." What? And I said, "Tell me more. What are you looking for?" And he was like, "Well, I just read about this athlete, and that athlete used ballet." And I was like, "Game on. Let's talk. You know. So tell me what you need, and let's figure it out." So I went and formed a company and figured it out, and then. A photographer, um, a friend of mine who's a stylist, her her daughter is like this really big Victoria's Secret model, Jasmine Soax. Her mm-hmm. photographer was uh, heard about what I do and was like, wait a minute, 
I shoot UFC fighters. Could you teach UFC? I'm like, teach anybody. So I started with UFC, NFL, and NBA. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's crazy because I know. <laughs> I know, I know. But what's crazier is that we're still dealing with almost the same population yeah. as the swans. Mm-hmm. High level trauma. You know, uh just happen to have a sport and then made it out. So it was really just teaching ballet. But mm. then I was in the toolbox from Swan Within, the mental agility stuff, because you saw like Simone Biles, like mm. not performing, you know, Osaka. I can't do it. Simone, uh, Ben Simmons and his Sixers. Yeah. Now, everybody take a mental health break, you know, um, Serena, Osaka, everybody that year, 2021, when I was actually forming my company and I was like, so we're going to definitely in, incorporate a, a mental wellness component. I'm definitely going to use some of the, um, some of the curriculum that I use. So I'm not going to say it is, but it is. Right. <laughs> it is one of those same exercises of um, well-being. So it's funny. It's like, I have this program four seasons with women who are high, pro- high functioning women and, you know, have great means. And then, you know, kids and literally I'm going from four seasons to jail, you know, yeah. like it, visiting our programs. And then we have those, our players and, um, and our athletes. And so, um, yeah. And you were saying you can't, you, you couldn't say the mental aspect because also the thing about it, and I do this with a lot of my classes, if you tell someone what you're working mm-hmm. on, that's what they become mm-hmm. focused on. So the work doesn't mm-hmm. actually get hyperfixation. Yeah. Hyperfixation or hyperfocused on that. Yeah. And then it's like, well, what do you mean? What do you do? It's just, I just in there. Yeah. So it's like, we're doing, we're doing like serious breath work, but I'm not saying we're doing, and I'm doing Reiki because I am a Reiki practitioner, but I'm not mm-hmm. telling you I'm doing Reiki. Right. I'm doing that, but I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm not making like a big announcement that this is Reiki now. Like, you know, these right. guys don't want to. <laughs> and then also like the whole confidence booster when I teach, when I teach my burlesque classes, you know, the, the whole heels things that the whole heels and burlesque thing that we do is about exuding confidence and own ownership, uh, uh, Agency. Hey, thank you. That was literally the word I was looking for. Agency of your body. But I can't tell any of my students that because then the only thing they're going to do is focusing on being confident and showing it. But then after... Dominion over your body, then now they're fixated on dominion over their body, right? Right. But then after 12 weeks... So you show them through the energy. Right. Right. Exactly. But but then at the end of the 12 weeks, I go... At the end of the 12 weeks, I go... So remember when you started here, look where you are now. And they go, oh, and I'm like, I couldn't tell you that, but that's what we've been working on the entire time. But I needed you to find that for yourself. I gave you the tools, but I couldn't tell you. And they're like, yo. And then for them, they get another type of uh, independency for themselves within that. They're like, oh, I can actually do this. I do have these tools to uh, break out of my shyness or, uh, utilize my trauma or, uh, build myself up to another level. It's a beautiful, it's a really beautiful thing. And you, you guys, I just realized that there's one thing that we never mentioned. What's that? We put that on the map. We put heels (laughs) in this style. 
completely. However, one thing that's a little different about what we did is that we put on shows. Yeah. We did we don't use the studio or the classes, which I love. I love watching classes and mm. watching uh breakout and groups. Um, but I love the I love performing. Mm-hmm. I love the stage. And 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 back to the athletes, you know, well, why not yoga? And I'm like, have you ever seen the West Side Yoga Studio perform? <laughs> <laughs> Well, when you put it like that, shut them up. Thank you. Shut up. I didn't know there was performance in yoga. (laughs) So, aren't you a performer? Every time you go out into that arena or you go into that stadium, this is a show. And you've got fans screaming, hating. And could it be these injuries that are happening uh, all the time? or with certain individuals with huge hefty $30 million contracts, maybe a little bit manifested mentally, mm. you know, this is performance and performance anxiety is real. And, but what we know how to do is perform yeah. game on. So you're getting stronger at the bar and then we bye-bye bar. Here we go. Center. And we have our center technique and then bye-bye center. Here we go into our variations. It's time to perform. Yeah, it's time to perform. It's time to be scared. It's time to lose all fear. Because everybody, it's so funny. Children love center and performing and hate the bar. It's like the bar is broccoli. Yeah, and the cupcake and the icing is center. Like they want to do the chasse and they mm-hmm. want to see salt, see salt. They want to do the saute and miss miss. Adults, the ice cream and the icing is the bar. Yeah, because it's safety. It's the safety. Yep. No different from the athletes. When you start getting in the middle and doing a tondu exercise, and they're like, wait, wait, wait. And you're like, you do all these intricate plays all day long. You know what I mean? (laughs) Which was fearful for you is you don't have a ball in your hand. Right. You used to have a ball in your hand. You used to have it. Now you you were fine with that that bar. But now you feel like someone just threw you out there. Isn't that parallel to how you feel when you're in a game? So that's what dance is going to teach you. Dance is performance. Yeah. So that's why I love the classes and I love seeing all the heels and the heels in the class, but babies, you want to perform. Mm. You, want, you want to actually be on stage and have a spotlight on you yeah. and it be in a costume and feel the reverence at the end of it all. You know what I mean? Not just the content to book a little video. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not, and I'm not downplaying anybody's efforts. It's just a different yeah. lens. Mm-hmm. It really is it's a different world. Social media really helps, but I don't want anyone to get out and squirm you out of and snuff you out of your birthright as a dancer. Your birthright is not to go make a choreographer huge by dancing in their content class. Mm-hmm. Your birthright is to get booked, yeah, and to perform somewhere. <laughs> and feel the performance benefit. And that's what dance is. It's yeah. not class. I mean, I remember back in the like, you couldn't even observe, you couldn't even observe class. Right. Your parents come to class. Like there's no such thing. Bob Fossey is not allowing his classes to be filled. We're working it out. Right. It's a process. And unless you're doing like a documentary on the process and the culmination of, there's no point to this. So now it's like squirming away from that and making the class, the performance, 
but I don't want anyone to get screwed out of what you came here for, mm-hmm. what you came here for. And if you don't know how good it is and how good it feels, you got to do it. You got to yeah. experience not being a professional class taker and getting out there and being a performer and being on stage. Cause remember that's honestly y'all what really unified Mike and I was that we were trained on the East coast. So all these dancers that we were coming across were like, remember they had messed everything up the forte turns and they were like, you'll be fine in the edit. And we were like the edit. We were, <laughs> we were like, no, you have to be on the counts or, you know, we were like, you know, they didn't even care about, um, the technique or being in unison or being clean or being flawless because they knew because they were media dancers that the cutaway and the edit that it could be fine. But you and I approached it from stage mm-hmm. and that it needs to be clean. It needs to be flawless because someone needs to see you in the fifth mezzanine, you yep. know? So I, I just want like dancers who are listening to this, who may be just, you know, factoried into someone's class and class and they're excited about being filmed. And that's dope because we didn't have that. So take advantage of that. Go perform. Yeah. Go get Go get gigs. Go get jobs. You know? Quick question. How did you get to L- What brought you to LA? Uh, Honestly, um, I've always wanted to be in LA. I, I had a little like thing of uh I used to love old Hollywood. I used to watch like Busby Berkeley. I used to just watch all those like Elvis movies and Fred Astaire and and I was always obsessed as a little kid. I always felt like no one understood me. Yeah, I was like a little kid and I was doing my thing, but I was so obsessed with the golden era of Hollywood. So yeah. I always knew that I would be. And one time our family took a trip out here and I remember being at the Beverly, like one of those buses, you know, the mm-hmm. tour buses and that being at the Beverly Hills hotel. And I felt like I'd been here before. Like mm. it literally felt like a past life thing. Like I, this is, I I've been here before and I know this place. And my mother was like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, I know this place. I know where I am. And she was like, well, anyway, but so I, I always knew I would. And when the nine 11 happened, that's what really pushed me out mm-hmm. of New York city to um to la i was just I was lost i was done with new york city yeah i was it was that you know that time yeah and so i think there was a mass exodus of you know east coasters philadelphians and new yorkers mm-hmm. who were like it's it's uh time to not be around this 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 devastation and this energy and then also i had a concerted effort to take over the pussycat dolls residency at the viper room i kept reading about robin antid and i kept reading about like carmen electra and gwen stefani and i loved what they were doing and i was like i got something in my head that i think i could even like you know it's not like competitive like they they suck it was more like i want to do i want i want to be there and i can contribute something that's i got cooking so i had a concerted effort of doing it and we did it and guess what we (laughs) ended up at the viper room with a with a weekly residency with a weekly residency every wednesday night diablo's darlings and you know what's even crazier the reason why i wanted that logo i don't know why if you were trying to figure out why i was going crazy guys i was going i was bugging mike last weekend about um you know do you have the artwork because one of the things as i'm writing my book that i forgot and did not realize was that mr cartoon yeah did our like the famous tattoo artist yes like look him up on netflix he didn't do the devil girl he didn't do my diablo the script script which is like 
so valuable now, you know, that in our, in our folklore and our, you know, our storytelling and our history, like we were so on, like we had such a vision for Los Angeles and what does burlesque look like in LA? We wanted like, we didn't want it to be the minute you walked in the joint. Yeah. We didn't <laughs> we wanted like that we knew like that script that like that east la look like what's so authentically la and then when we approached bourbon street burlesque remember we were like what's so authentically you know louisiana new orleans french quarter like that's what i really love about the shows that we were doing was that we were not just like, okay, you know, glorifying how great of a dancers we are and how hot we are or whatever, but we really wanted to give our, 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 um, fans, if you will, that are, you know, our patrons and, you know, you know, people that are guests an experience. Yeah. And one of the wildest things was I had never been to New Orleans when we did that show. It was just all made up. what i imagined it would be and what you imagined it like it was just imagination creation station and then to perform it that's why i say like the culmination of of going out and figuring out a show and and going out and creating a voice so like one of the things that i did with the swans is like okay so i I, their their one day their class was no dancing you're Mm -hmm. watching beyonce's homecoming and they're like what and I just wanted you to watch it and watch the whole thing. And then I had like, you know, we had a discussion afterward, like, okay, what was the theme? College, HBCU. What was the, you know, what was the aesthetic? What was the costuming? And really like flushed out what was the artistic direction for homecoming. Because mm-hmm. Beyonce can go out there and do whatever she wants to do, but she's creating an experience for you. Yeah. So, I, so one of our assignments was, now you for our next class and i want you to think about it if this was your show and money was no expense what would be your show what what are you inviting them into and let me tell you like lori a couple of them you know you know you know um latin latinx girls like um we're like we want low riders and this and then a crunk and like this is something cool invite you into your world conceptually and so i think that's what another part of what i'm saying about you know being a creator um and you're getting your chops ready and you're taking classes but now like you know step into the other world mm-hmm. of being a creator and and fascinating stories that you can tell and and here's the and i and i said to the kids beyonce never went to college right <laughs> went to college and she definitely didn't go to hbcu this was a fantasy this is yeah. all a dream this is all so, or either hers or her artistic directors or her career whatever whoever whatever it doesn't need to be anything but what you want it to be <laughs> it's all that it's just your imagination boom there it is all right so before we go there's one more uh, sequence that I do. My last name's Gamble. It's a great name, as everybody knows. What I, I love did, it. Throw the dice. Well, almost. <laughs> I bought a roulette you... table filled with that... sixteen shot glasses. I yeah. love it. I gotta, do I gotta go get a drink? No, no. 
<laughs> later, uh, later we'll get into the drinking part of it. But for now, each shot glass is numbered and it correlates to a question. And we spin the wheel and you answer the question. Okay. It's nothing invasive, it. nothing intrusive. It's just fun. I think we've we've gone pretty intrusive. I mean, you know, <laughs> listen. All right. Uh, definitely not a wallflower. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We spin the. We take the ball. We spin the magic roulette table. Round and round. Number twenty six. All right. Mm. Yeah, I trust that you are reading a really twenty six. <laughs> Yeah, it's right there. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> what is your most hated dance move or trend throughout the years? Okay. Dance trend and move? Or whichever one, whichever one. Well, one is there's a style that's happening, especially in heels, that it's a lot of when you see heels classes, guys, it's a lot of hip hop dancers who put heels on to hip hop. So it's moving too quickly. And what irritates me is not being taught to make them wait for it and make mm. and again, it's kind of goes back to that performing thing where you're an inner you're sculpting energy as a performer and not it's that racing through the one and a two and a pop and a dot, did it that pop dot and a this that and a hit hit. Wait a minute, hold hold. hold. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's just stop, and it's a stare, and that's what I love about the chair dance. There's a lot of pregnant pauses. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stop and repeats and moments to sit in it, and it irritates me. This fast hip hoppy heels. I hate it. Just <laughs> got heels on. Be alluring. Yeah. Be alluring. That's... Be mysterious and like, what's next? And that's the art of burlesque, y'all. The art of burlesque is, and I hate when I see burlesque and it's like they're already in their panties and you're like, mm. no, it's a peel. It's like an onion peel. It's a journey. But the whole thing the art is of about seduction. It's the art of seduction. So make them wait for it mm-hmm. and get what's coming next. So the fast hip hoppy, and it looks so cool, right? Whenever we're all sharp and we're clean and we're hitting hits, and it's hot and hair flips and slow down. So that, and then um, a dance move. I've never liked that the the bogle. I, I've always hated that. The what? <laughs> Wait, what's that? The butterfly. The butterfly? I've always hated the butterfly. I hate the butterfly, boo. That's I've always hated it. I just saw Ciara and Chris Brown doing it on Instagram, and I said, after all these years, I still hate that dance. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know. Honestly, I just never liked it. You're just an Afro-Latina Caribbean hater. That's all you are. (laughs) (laughs) Wrong. It's the wrong gyration. I just... something else happening yeah all right so if people want to follow more of miss mary meredith harper houston where can they find her they can find my youtube channel they can go to meredith harper houston um Mm -hmm. youtube um they go to malibu mary in fact actually guys 
after tonight, that YouTube, because I just was told this morning that we're changing my my YouTube channel to Malibu Mary. So everything's unison. So Malibu Mary on um on Twitter and on Instagram. Oh, Twitter's and- now X, is it not? Yeah, threads. Yeah, X. I mean, I don't even use Twitter anymore, y'all. But I do use threads and I and I love I love threads so much more. I, I don't know why I just do. Um, but I um am Malibu Mary there. And on uh TikTok, I am Meredith Harper Houston on TikTok. So they can follow me there. They can follow uh one of my many little ventures, but um swanwithin.org. I really encourage you to learn more about what we do for healing uh victims of trauma, kids, juvenile youth, all youth um here in LA County. And like I told you, we're expanding. And then with my, you know, with my athletes, that's balletics raising yeah. the bar dot com. Check out what we do there. Um, and then there's Meredith Harper Houston.com. And it's all about me and um and what I do. And so I will keep you to, you know, I, I just I honestly after this 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 call, I, I definitely want to do something really dope with you again. Yeah, like let's do it, baby. Whether you come out here or whether you do something with us at the music center, I I would gladly come to you. I've yeah. never been to Sweden. Um but I really feel like um, this has been such a beautiful day, like just being with you and being with like someone who's so integral in my growth, like, and in my, my life and, and vice versa. And yeah. like, we've, we've been through, we've been through a lot and it just like listening to us, like there's more to come y'all. I, I feel it. And I know it like this, the type of stories we have, nobody would actually, if, if you didn't tell them, like no one would believe me and vice versa, because they're just so out there. <laughs> like, you making this up. Why are you lying? It's like, no, we actually experienced this stuff. But with that, what about your book? Well, you you mentioned the book a couple of oh, yes, times. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. The book is coming out next summer. It's 2024. It's called The Swan Within, a memoir of resilience and taking my body back. Dope. And then I have a podcast coming out later this fall and it's really it's just spiritual conversations uh and and i'll i'll release it and tell you the name it's pretty cool but i haven't announced it yet okay so we keep but it it's, there. it's really it's it's really uh, it's what we're doing it's but it's more what we're doing spiritual conversations and talking spirituality talking you know healing passages scripture uh whatever um mantras affirmations mm-hmm. things that my friends use to 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 be in this world and to, you know, this is a tough ass world yeah. <laughs> and it's really not easy. And so I think a lot of us like you and my friends and you better be like my first guest, but um, you don't know where it comes from. Like, right. how do they do it? And what's the substance? What's the special sauce? When, what, how did that happen? And I, it really came from my even book, like, you know, like, how'd you go from here to there? And like, even my editor was like, something's missing. Like, what are you doing spiritually? Or what are you following? What are you breathing? What are you eating? Like, what is the thing? So that's what uh, the podcast coming out is going to be about. Dope. Well, if you want me, just call me. Well, now you now you know how to get, not, you know. I'm bugging you now. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> honestly, you guys, we could have done 10 hours. I mean, yeah. honestly, I know we have to go, but I, I, I could have, I, I, I'm sure there's like more stories. There is, and more. So, there is so much. So uh, we can know that we can also do another one. I've had, I, I have. Yeah, do a part two? Y- yeah, we can do a part two. Is there anything just so we can have a cliffhanger that you remember that you, we couldn't get into today that you would love to talk about? 
Well, we briefly mentioned Reno, Vegas, Laughlin, but we didn't really go into them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we briefly mentioned the Viper Room. Like, we can go into a lot of detail. We, we Actually, we didn't mention the Key Club, which is where we first, well, we first were. Uh, what's that? The Morongo. Morongo. Yo, I forgot about that one. But I, I just remember you brought one thing I want to talk about with next time. Yeah. It's the music that you brought the Victor Duplay, the Moran, the Morena. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to this day, you guys, every single warm up is a warm up song that Mike brought to a warm up. <laughs> oh, I have another one. It's 2000 million years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I still use the song. I remember we actually started the Diablos at there was a party at. Oh my god! <laughs> and you Thank know who you. Was, and you know who was one of them? Sean T. Sean T. I every day. So that's what we're going to talk about next. Yeah. Time. So that's our, <laughs> that's our cliffhanger. That Mike formed Diablo, and it was hot. Remember the fatigues? Yeah. The, yeah, the buttons number. Yeah, yeah, that was my, that Crazy. was all me. And Sean T was one of Mike's dancers. Yes, yeah, so that's uh, that's next. That's next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if yeah. you're not doing it yet, you. make sure you're following at Gamble's Green Room on Insta yeah. to make sure you stay up to date of all my guests and some behind the scenes footage and what they're also working on. And then if you're not doing it, make sure you follow and subscribe on your favorite audio streaming service that you're listening to on right now. Thank you very much, Mary girl. I love you. Love you. And well, and can we, can I, when you end, guys, yeah. when we end, I just want to tell you one thing because I have okay. to say something. Perfect. So that, and, that, and that'll be another <laughs> cliffhanger. So double, double cliffhanger episode where they'll be like, oh, what did you talk about? What did y'all talk mm-hmm. about? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So we'll do part two soon. <laughs> tell me what you Bye. Bye.